Hello, you wonderful woman. Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, one of the UK's most successful love coaches, according to the Times Magazine, and author of the book, Love is Coming. It's my mission through this podcast to help single women, specifically female leaders, get powerful, soul-expanding relationships that revolutionize your growth, impact, and happiness during your time on planet Earth. Let's get straight to it. Hello, my loves. So I'm going to cut straight to the chase. I used to really hate the term power couple. I thought it was very wanky until actually quite recently when one-to-one client of mine who is in my program, Love for Leaders, she basically told me that she wanted to be in a power couple because she wanted to her relationship to essentially be a positive force in the world. So when she said the power couple I sort of flinched but then when she said the second part of it that she wanted her relationship to be a positive force in the world which is something I absolutely can get behind in fact it's a big part of my work really I decided to do a little bit of investigation and research into the concept of power couple and as I did this I realized that I had some big misconceptions around what it actually meant. And being in a power couple is in fact an excellent thing, so long as you understand what it really is about and so long as you're doing it for the right reasons. So this is what this episode is about. Is about. It's going to help you get clear on what a power couple is and how you can set yourself up to be part of one should you desire to be. So in it, I'm going to share why you've got the concept of power couple all wrong I'm going to share eight non-negotiable characteristics of the power couple dynamic. And I'm also going to just be really honest and open about where me and my fiance, Joe, um, are at within each of those characteristics. And finally, I'm going to share how to become an energetic match for a power couple relationship. So there's a lot to cover here. Let's dive straight in. So why you've got the concept of power couple all wrong. So if you're anything like I was until very recently, you will have assumed that a power couple is basically just a very successful, rich and famous couple. This is of, often what is sort of shown to us in the media. So you might have thought back in dear Kim and Kanye. They were always described as the ultimate power couple. Um, didn't turn out so great in the end. Also, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they've often been described as a power couple. Now, that's interesting because obviously we all know what happened. Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. But what was born, what makes for me, I'm like, well, certainly Beyonce, a very a, a powerful, incredible woman, is that she turned her pain into pearls, let's just say, through that incredible album, Lemonade. I don't actually know where they're both at right now. I'm very, I'm very behind when it comes to celebrity goss. Um, but I hope that all is well with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Who knows? Anyway, those are just a couple examples of uh, what I personally remember um, from any celeb goss that I have seen. Those two always stuck out. I know that um, George Clooney and Amal are often described as being a power couple. Who else? I've gone blank on all the couples. Okay, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. For me, I bloody love them from what I see of them. I don't know them <laughs> from what I see of them. I think they're great. I love the fact that they are, they just take the piss out of each other constantly in very loving, affectionate way. So anyway, back to the point. So listen, there is nothing wrong with being rich, famous or successful couple or, or individual. However, I think we've all seen enough um, 
to know that this does not mean that you're going to be happy either individually or as part of a couple just because you are rich, famous and successful. So I have seen firsthand in my own life that when the focus is purely on external success, which my whole life was for such a long time, how things looked, how things appeared to other people, then you are often left feeling very disappointed and very, very empty and hollow and unfulfilled, actually. And when I've seen um, the sort of power couple dynamic where what is focused purely on is is how rich famous and successful the couple is what tends to happen is you're going to see things like jealousy and control really rear their ugly heads not to mention just like logistical things like how on earth do you navigate having a family um, or spending time together when both parties are hell-bent on being super rich famous and successful in their own right and even in the dynamic of the couple Because if both partners put themselves in their career first constantly, guess what? It ain't going to work. You don't even need to be rich, famous and successful to know that that's the truth. You know, one of the key tenets of any relationship is compromise, an ability to compromise. Whenever I say that word, I always think I had an ex-boyfriend, Sam, who used to go, oh, great compromise. Now no one's happy, which does make me chuckle. I see his point. But the fact is, you are going to have to compromise if you're going to, um, if you want to have a great relationship. And actually, and I'm going to unpack this as we move through the podcast, when you realize that putting at times, not constantly, but at times, your partner before yourself and your desires and needs, that actually not only does this create a much stronger foundation for a relationship where it feels like you are the the love and support is reciprocated and there's respect there something we're going to talk about a lot more soon um you actually like find that that creates so as much if not sometimes more fulfillment than you purely being tunnel vision towards your personal goals and you getting what you want out of the relationship or your career so interestingly in the urban dictionary it says that in a power couple If one person is flawed, the other person makes up for their weaknesses in strength. Together, they are the epitome of what anyone would desire in a relationship. That was really interesting because that is not what I would have ever expected a dictionary definition of power couple to say. I thought it was literally rich, famous, fit, you know, whatever. So I'm going to just say that again. In a power couple, if one person is flawed, the other person makes up for their weaknesses and strength. I love this concept because it means that it's that whole thing of like working together as a team. And I know, you know, in my own team uh, that I work with in my business, initially when I started out, I hired people who were very similar to myself until I realized that was very (laughs) schoolboy error. And now I hire people who are really good at the things I'm shit at. Um, And it sounds really obvious, but it took me a long time to realize that. And that's the same with um, a healthy relationship. I always say what they, you know, that phrase that you so often hear in certain parts of Asia, same, same, but different. I love that phrase because my relationship with Joe, we have enough similarities that we connect and we understand each other, but enough differences that not only does it keep it spicy and interesting, but actually it makes our 
relationship that much stronger. And this always makes me come back to that brilliant um, piece of art, that book, The Prophet by Carl Hilger Brown, when he speaks about marriage. He basically says you need to be like you, you and your partner need to be like the pillars of the temple, not too close together, not too far apart. You're essentially holding up this incredible structure that is the relationship and you both have your own individual role to play. And so this even sort of speaks to codependency of not being so enmeshed with each other, but then conversely, not being completely like just having your own lives going on because you're both so focused on your career that it's like, what's the point of being in a relationship if we can never see each other? So this is why, by the way, it is so challenging for two people who are extremely successful. Um, you know, I've had clients, I've had friends who are, whether they're, you know, top of their game in acting or music or politics, whatever it is, I've seen all doctors, it's another big one, you know, where the, the hours are demanding, you might be expected to travel a lot. And when you've got two people in that dynamic, it's very, very hard, but it is not impossible. But there are some key things that you need to understand and to implement. And those are the, the eight characteristics, which I'm going to be sharing with you in a moment. But before I do, I just wanted to share that what this all got me thinking about, particularly that, um, that quote from the Urban Dictionary. There we are. Sorry, mind fart. It reminded me of what I share in my book, Love is Coming that we need to stop looking outside of ourselves for the partner we want to get. And we need to start looking inside of ourselves for the partner we want to be. For me, that is the true essence of a power couple, that both partners are thinking about who am I being in this relationship? Who am I being in relationship with myself? Firstly, because you, if, if that's not, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to be, you know, you need to have done a considerable amount of work on yourself first on your relationship with you before you can even think about having a healthy relationship you might get a relationship but it certainly won't be a healthy one so if you have two people who are not only doing that work how can they show up better for themselves but the next stage is how can I show up better for the other person what kind of partner do I want to be you know, I'm all for getting clear on what partner you want to call in. And a lot of the dating advice out there these days is focused purely on that. But actually, you've got to really think, but what am I bringing to the table? Who am I being? What are my weaknesses? What are the areas that I struggle with? I can tell you right now, mine are patience, <laughs> um, control, being a little bit nagging by a little bit. I mean, a lot like the, the list goes on anal <laughs> that's a big one not in a good way like as in anally controlling um judgmental of the way that my partner does things because it's different to me i.e washing up or whatever it is you know stupid day-to-day -day trivial things that actually are often the things that break the relationship in the end so what are the weaknesses what are the areas you need to work on before you even start worrying about what you want to call in so this really, I think, hinges on this concept of like when it comes to being in a power couple, looking at what each person is bringing to the table in who they are, not simply just what they've accomplished. So I think the world these days can go, oh, well, she's a really famous actress and gorgeous and he's a really famous 
actor, whatever, whatever it is, you know, politician, who cares? Someone that's in the public eye, made it making a lot of money, or at least seems to make a lot of money, very successful. We're so focused on that and we go, great power couple. They're both good looking, they have beautiful babies. That's all well and good. But how about we start to look a little bit deeper and, you know, well, what does she bring to the table in terms of who she is? What does he bring to the table? Where do their weaknesses and strengths complement each other? So where, you know, and I've certainly seen that in my relationship with Joe, where I'm really like weak, he is really strong and vice versa. And I used to struggle with that and actually think that was a negative thing because I struggled with the fact that we didn't have the same strengths. And now I can say, oh no, that's actually what makes us, that's why we've lasted nearly seven years when I had not had a relationship or, well, certainly not one that I wasn't cheating all over the shop um, past 18 months. So this is beautifully encapsulated between, um, I think, one of the ultimate power couples in line with the things I'm talking about, Barack and Michelle Obama, obviously. Michelle once said, what truly made me fall in love with Barack Obama, this makes me emotional, was his character. You hear me? This must be in her book. Um, it was his character. It was his decency, his honesty, his compassion and conviction. Nowhere does it say his ability or his potential to become president of the United States or the fact he was sexy and tall and I don't know if he was rich or not. Um, but he it was it was who he was on the inside. Bloody love that. So before I carry on, I just want to take this opportunity very quickly to let you know if this um, episode is resonating for you so far. I have a brand new free Zoom masterclass coming up on the 13th of April, 2022, called The Five Crucial Strategies That Catapult Female Leaders Into Relationships That Revolutionize Their Growth, Impact, and have it, uh, Happiness. So in this, I'm going to be sharing a lot of things, one of those things being the non-negotiable forward solution that will help you attract a partner who supports and elevates rather than distracts you from the important work you're here to do in the world. So as you can see, it is very, very, very in line with what I've been sharing already in this podcast. I'd love you to come to that. Um, the link is in the show notes. So let's carry on. The eight non-negotiable characteristics of the power couple dynamic. So listen, as I was researching, there were so many different resources online, but by far the best, in my humble opinion, um, the one that seemed the best researched and the one I'll just be honest, I respected the most was the Huffington Post. And there were some things that they wrote in these because there were other ones where it was like 25 characteristics. And I thought we don't have time for that. For God's sake, we're busy people. Um, so the eight characteristics that the Huffington Post believes are absolutely pivotal. Some of these I had thought of myself and some of them I thought were really good and I hadn't thought of. So the first one. Interesting. So brainstorming together about each other's work. So, so your partner knows you, right? And they can see your blind spots in ways that perhaps you can't. So this is a really interesting one. So say that you are struggling in, with something in your work being in a relationship where your partner can in a supportive way and I think this is really important because this is this is not like permission to go and sort of be really controlling and judgmental and like act like you know their work like Joe works in the film industry I know the film industry a bit but I certainly don't know locations which is what he does like he um scouts and manages locations in the film industry so really interesting job but I never fucking scooby about it and um I can be supportive of him, 
but I don't necessarily challenge him in terms of what the job what's involved in the job because I don't really understand what's involved but what I can challenge him or support him around is his relationships with bosses or with colleagues it's like how can I in a loving supportive way um if he's having an issue with someone for example at work make him see the situation from a different perspective and he absolutely does that for me as well like he doesn't really you know know about online business at all or really love coaching but he's able to be very supportive and he is able to ask interesting questions or helpful questions. So that's a really, you know, a really powerful perspective on the power couple that I, I hadn't thought of before, where you're challenging each other by either asking, if you don't know what they're doing or you, you know, don't know well, asking intelligent questions. So it's almost like the coach relationship, but without being a wanky twatty coach, like that's not, you're not, you're not there to coach them, but you can, you can hold space for them to figure stuff out. And I think that's really great. So I'm going to up my game there for sure is that I don't need to, to have an intricate understanding of the locations in film industry but and I, I can ask him questions that enable him to kind of talk through it and work it out for himself so the second non-negotiable characteristic this one I think we've got down pretty well obviously it's ever evolving this is about working to a power couple each individual has to work to improve themselves individually and as a pair now I've actually really tried to get out of my language lexicon the whole concept of improving myself I'd rather be say grow or um and accept myself you know that's the the line isn't it where we accept and love ourselves exactly as we are but we're also looking at growing growing for me feels a lot better than improving because growth is something that all of us humans do naturally like a baby literally grows into an adult um over time but I don't like the concept of just like, you've got to improve yourself. I, if anything, I'd say, no, the baby was perfect. <laughs> the baby was all good. We fuck it up, you know, socially and blah, blah, blah. But um, this is something Joe and I really, and, and particularly recently, like obviously I've been doing work on myself for a long time, you know, well over 11 years now, over 11 years. Joe, when he met me, he hadn't, but he was really open to it. And as, as soon as he met me, that's kind of when he, embarked on that you know to be fair he had he had done in his own way he had been working on himself but it was in a, just in a different way to the way I do it and that's really important okay as part of a power couple and I was not good at this but I'm much better is like I thought because I was the more experienced one you know and I was the love coach and blah 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 that it had to look a certain way and actually if you're truly part of a power couple it's like realizing I'm doing me and I'm doing things in my way and you can voice that it's really important for you to grow as a couple but also like accept that they have their own journey and not to meddle in it. Really fucking hard for me, but I've got better. But, you know, as um, a couple, Joe and I really put this into action. Um, well, we, we do whenever we go traveling, obviously COVID, we weren't able to for a few years, not like, not like we normally do. Usually we go every year and whenever we go traveling, we always do some like kind of spiritual stuff and new adventures, like, you know, jumping out planes, swimming with sharks, things absolutely fucking terrify me. So we're always open to growth in like a lot of different ways. But um, after COVID, like last September, we'd kind of hit a rut in our relationship. And given that we're getting married this year, finally, 
we just knew that we needed to take drastic action and we did something that did not look logical to anyone we knew which was to spend a lot of money going to Costa Rica where we went we did various different healing things and spiritual things and adventures and that doesn't you know given how much we spent it doesn't seem to make sense when you're not only getting married but renovating your house but I was it was absolutely a case of focus on the insides and the outsides will take care of themselves which has absolutely been the case you know um because I pro like I and Joe and I value the relationship more than the wedding and more than the house renovation and we had to remind ourselves of that and it was completely life-changing we ended up doing ayahuasca I did an episode recently on that if you're interested on the lessons I learned but also how they can absolutely help you in your love life too so that's absolutely key both of you being willing to grow and evolve separately but also together and how that looks is going to be different for everyone and it's always evolving okay so next one which I've already kind of touched on but slightly different angles so supporting each other's pursuits and ambitions ambitions fully even if that means taking turns oh love this Sheryl Sandberg famously wrote in Lean In when it comes time to settle down, find someone who wants an equal partner, someone who thinks women should be smart, opinionated and ambitious, someone who values fairness and expects or even better wants to do his share in the home. These men exist. And trust me, over time, nothing is sexier. You know what, Cheryl? I bloody agree with you there. Um, Joe is not known for his uh, sort of home skills. However, there are so many things that he does in the relationship like and again i'm going back to the day-to-day -day because these are the things like we when we come to power couples we think about all, all like the glamorous things and what you, and you think oh why did they break up they were such a power couple it's like because they hadn't nailed the simple day-to-day -day things that relationships are built on and, in, and if you don't prioritize those things and you're just prioritizing the glittery exciting big things like for example renovating your house and getting married then you do not have strong foundations. So you have to come back to the day-to-day. -day. So like seemingly trivial example, Joe does the, like the majority, of, like, like literally 95%, if not more, of the driving in our relationship. Like I, I got my little car and whatever, but he, you know, when we go on big trips, often he does it. And that's largely because he's a much better driver than I am. And he drives so much for work. Um, but that's another thing. It's like, that's his strength. And that's where he like, he feels good doing that. And I, for so long was like really resentful. And I still can be at times around him not being as, as helpful or handy in the house. Like he'll, you know, he'll do things and he'll whatever, but he's, it's not his natural, you know, it's not in his sort of comfort zone. And I realized, you know what, we have different skills and of course he'll like, he'll always help out but it's, it doesn't come naturally. That's what I'm trying to say. So there's a balance and we've absolutely had to balance like having a puppy and the fact that he can sometimes take him on film set, but often he can't. And so I've got um, a business where I can most of the time have the dog, but we have to juggle things and we have to negotiate. And it's such good practice if we ever have a kid because, um, you know, it really does, like there has been some things that I've had to turn down or say, oh, so I'm not gonna be able to do that um because I can't make it we can't make it work between us and, and there's times where I've had to go okay which is the more important 
ultimately right now I've got more control over my schedule than Joe does. That's why, you know, I bloody love it. Like, that's why I have a business, a large part of why I wanted to have a freedom-based business so that I, freedom is one of my biggest values. And this is something else you need to get really clear on in a couple. What are your values? What are each of your values individually? And what are they separately? You know, Joe and I are moving into a new chapter of our relationship slowly, but slowly, but surely. And like, I'm thinking like, where do we want to be in a year? Both of us are. And how can, what do we need to do now to make that happen? It's like the forward thinking. And it's like, what do you need? Like, what would make you feel really good? What makes you feel excited? Okay, so how can we work together to support that? It is literally is like building a business, which sounds really unsexy, but actually is quite sexy. (laughs) I'm finding it quite sexy. Like, you know, Joe and I, when we both had very little money, we're like, we really value travel and we will always find a way to do it. And sometimes that means compromising on various things, but ultimately because we're clear on what we want, we're moving in that direction. So powerful. Um, My dad says, it's so funny. Like if I'll ask him a question at home, like, oh dad, where does this go in that, in the house? My dad will go, sorry, I don't know, not my department. And my mum and dad always talk about this as they have different departments. Like dad, just take the bins. He takes the bins out. That is his job. Mum does loads of other shit. My dad um, runs the business. My mum supports in different ways with the business, but they're very clear on what their different departments are. And, and this also can come with money, particularly with a modern couple. There's going to be times, well, t- totally dependent on, you know, you, you might both be in salary jobs, but there's no job security anymore these days. So no doubt at some point in your relationship, there's going to be a time where one of you is earning more than the other. And like at the beginning of my relationship with Joe, I was earning more, which was really, really weird for me. And then it's kind of, you know, we've gone through various different iterations depending on what's going on for us. And it's really, you know, he's so generous and so supportive and just doesn't even like, he's like, what's mine is yours. And I'll be honest, it took me some time to get my head around that because I was so almost like, you know, I earn my money and you earn your money and blah, blah. blah. And it's like, you know, we're getting married. So essentially you're going into a financial institution with marriage anyway. So, you know, it's been very interesting to have to upgrade and shift my, um, my experience of money and, and yeah, the different roles and departments that we both inhabit at different times uh, in the relationship. So the next one, nice, simple one, this was interesting. Exercising together is another non-negotiable. And, and I can absolutely say like, I've always been, not always, but definitely for the last decade, you know, exercise has been a really important part of my life. And I've done various, uh, you know, lots of different things, whether it's resistance training, weights, yoga has always been a big part of it. A lot of different types of yoga, um, walking, hiking, all of that sort of thing. So for me and Joe, this has been interesting because Joe, his job is very, very active. So he gets all his steps and he does like 36,000 steps the other day. It's insane. When we go traveling, naturally we're exercising because Joe is like, the, like he's the first out there swimming. Like he's a very active person when we're traveling. Um, and he even, you know, got into yoga, which he was really not interested in before because he didn't want to be bad at something. I know that was the real reason. Um, when we were in Costa Rica recently, you know, we did a lot of hikes um, and we've moved out to Surrey and so there's, you can do beautiful hikes here and we've got a dog. So that's, you know, that's all good. We actually, I uh, grew, grew up horse riding. Actually, Joe did, but stopped when he was about 11 or 12. But we went horse riding together a lot in Costa Rica and it was so special um it really was like it bonded us because I'd never ridden with him and it bonded us to such a deep level like galloping on the beach with Joe like that's that has changed our relationship forevermore a lot more fun to do it 
away though to be honest because just less health and safety than in England but that's by the by um health and safety is very important guys but yeah if it's really important to you maybe don't go riding in Costa Rica because they don't give a shit anyway what I've struggled is because Joe's work is so um full-on and his hours are so crazy like and he's obviously very active at work but you know we don't necessarily like at home it's very sporadic if we exercise together so that that's definitely made me be like right okay this is something we need to work on more in lockdown we were we were doing yoga not every day but but a good few times a week together I was doing it every day as well so that's something that I want to work on so you might be listening if you're not in a relationship at all right now just ask yourself okay so do I prioritize exercise? What do I enjoy? Like, is that something I need to start looking at and taking, you know, care of before I even get in a relationship so that I actually do have like, have explored different things, made it a priority. This next one is interesting. <laughs> Hopefully it's not going to be relevant to Joe and I, but never say never. Power couples get divorced when it stops working. So... <laughs> I love this. Nora Ephron, the writer, she's so brilliant. She said, never marry a man you wouldn't want to be divorced from. So what I think that means is if you imagine your partner and imagine being divorced from like how much of an asshole would they be? And I know that Joe, I'm like, oh my God, if I, I just, I mean, it would make me not, what would I think about being divorced from him? I just think, oh no, but I want to marry you again <laughs> because obviously I adore him and love him. And I know that when we've got through, we've gone through our hard times, which we absolutely have, and I have no doubt we will have more, we are really good at working through them and navigating them. And I know that, God forbid, we did get divorced in the future. He wouldn't be this big asshole because I've seen him, you know, he has his moments, as do I. But ultimately, he's a good person with a good heart. He wouldn't just be like, like I'm going to take her for everything she's worth. Even if I was a fucking bitch to him, he would just be like, I don't want to see you. It's too painful. And he'd probably go and live, you know, up a tree in some like random country somewhere. That's what he told me anyway. So, yeah, that was an interesting one. OK, so number six, avoid the limelight. This one was interesting. OK, so this, I guess, is going back to thinking of power couples being super famous and successful, blah, 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 like well known in the public eye. So Bill and Melinda Gates, apparently, in, according to the HuffPost, famously refused to talk about to the press about their relationship. And I know a lot of people do that. So. So this is an interesting one for me, like I'm hardly famous at all, but um, I have a modest following and obviously what I do I'm a love coach and I talk about, as I happen in this podcast, I talk about our relationship an awful lot. And I've had quite a few people over the years ask me, I've even been asked in, in like a few magazine interviews, like, but what if you and Joe broke up? I'm like, well, that'll be interesting, won't it? And what I can say honestly is firstly, would I still believe everything that I've shared and everything in, the, in my work about relationships? Absolutely. Um, I would apply everything that I've talked about to not only get over the relationship but if I ever wanted one in the future I would do everything that I've talked about in my books and podcast and my programs but also also like the reason I put myself in a line like this and in what I know could be very vulnerable if me and Joe ever did break up is because I fucking believe in it and I'm the first person to say there are no guarantees not even when you've got a ring on your finger or kids or anything like that. We all know this. I'm not naive. I know that it could, um, I don't want to say not work out because I don't believe that just because you break up or get divorced, it didn't work out. It worked out for the time it worked out. 
And I know that I have the relationship I have with Joe today because of, you know, everything and all those relationships that came before. So even though I didn't end up with them forever and ever, they absolutely worked out because they got me to where I am today. And that's the same for my relationship with Joe. So that doesn't actually worry me. Um, I will always, you know, I, what I do think is important, especially in our culture and social media where, you know, we all share everything. I don't share everything about my relationship with Joe because that's not respectful to him or the relationship. I share what feels right and what feels appropriate to share, but I don't share everything and I never will. And I also think it's very important that people who talk about not just their relationship, anything, you know, we, we can be really bombarded with the bullshit Instagram my life is perfect and everything's perfect and it's fucking bullshit it's bullshit nothing is perfect we all have our shit we all struggle with things I whilst I've not always felt it appropriate or, or could because of whatever it was and I had to respect Joe like I haven't always shared the specifics of when we're going through a hard time but I have shared you know what we're going through a hard time at the moment and I'm struggling because I don't want anyone to think that I'm sat here on my ivory fucking tower having figured relationships out because of course I haven't. I know a lot. I've learned a lot, but I'm human and I make mistakes and so does he. And it's really important that people understand that. And I think that all of us need to just remember like what we're presenting to the world because there are people who really do take it as gospel and believe that that is your that's all of your life what you share on Instagram so in a nutshell avoiding the limelight I think is I think that's about discernment and knowing what to share like there are some celebrity couples look again let's go back to lovely Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively um they share you you that you definitely they share their playfulness quite openly on social media and I quite like that like they don't take it too seriously but they don't share like all the most intimate stuff all the time of their relationship it's you've got it there's there's you know it's a sanctuary our relationship and it's a sacred space and um and I always do find it a little bit jarring where I see people sharing absolutely or what it seems like everything but you know what? Each their own. I can only speak for what I feel for my own relationship. Okay, we are coming towards the end. So number seven, they follow their own, in power couples follow their own interests, having a life outside the relationship. This is something I've banged on about forever. It's something that I've always been pretty good at, particularly in my relationship with Joe. We spend a lot of time together. Well, actually not at the moment because he's working away a lot, but we I mean that's a prime example I've got friends who'll be like I don't understand like you're so trusting and like how, how do you deal with like him being away so much I'm like because I've got a really full life outside of my relationship with Joe you know I when we first moved to Surrey like we didn't know anyone here and and fucking first four months were in lockdown and that was really challenging but I was like as soon as it was possible to I was like well I need to get me some friends and now I've got friends in the village um, this group of women who I bloody love. They're all in their 50s. They work in my local shop. They're literally Eddie and Patsy from Out of Fab, and I just love them. And uh, and I've I've got friendships here, and I've got friendships like you know really deep friendships with friends all over the world. We go on holiday. Joe and I go on holidays together. We go on holidays separately. We've got separate interests. Like I do a lot of things that Joe has no interest in, and vice versa. And I can tell you that that is one of the main reasons we're so strong. And I, and I talk about this in my book, Love is Coming, but I really learned that from my parents, like my dad. And in fact, he is right as we speak, he is trekking in Nepal. He goes on trek sometimes for months at a time. And my mum 
it's funny someone said to me oh it's really interesting your mum lets him it's like well it's not about letting him she's not his bloody owner you know they you know they they work it out between them they'll go and have a lovely trip together and then my mum will come back and she'll have some of her time and do whatever and then my dad will be out doing his trip and that's what helps him stay sane and that is why they've got such a strong relationship especially given everything that they've been through and if you've um if you know my story or read my book you'll you'll know more about that I won't share it here because it's really bloody long and this is already really long um so yes that's really important having your own interests if you ever and you might have been one of these couples where you've certainly come across them where they literally everything is we 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 and of course, it's going to be a we, we do this at times, but like, it's also I, you know, it's not just about you and them. And like those couples who do everything together is a recipe for disaster. I get loving your partner and wanting to spend a lot of time with them. But even when Joe and I go traveling, even when we travel around the world, like we still have time separate, you know, we always find a way because we bloody kill each other. Like it's not healthy to live on top of each other constantly, sexually or otherwise. Okay, so final one compromise on scheduling this is another thing power couples do and this is like all the more important when you're in a power couple when both of you are super busy and successful in your own right so in the Huffington uh, post this was interesting the Stella and Dot founder I don't know what that is I maybe a fashion label um, Jessica Heron has been married to her husband Chad the VP of a Bay Area software company for 14 years she told the Huff Post that the pair make sure their work and travel schedules complement each other. So she said, my husband and I have also evolved our careers over time to work together as a family. His used to involve a lot more travel and he switched his role so that we weren't going in two different directions at the same time. So this is really interesting because this is something Joe and I, you know, we in Costa Rica really taking stock of our relationship and we love our relationship and looking at the next chapter. And his work is great. He gets paid really well, but if we are going to have a family one day, or even if we're not, how hard he works and how much, like it, it, like when he's working, he has, well, especially if he's on an intense job, like he doesn't really have any freedom. Um, whereas when we go traveling, he's like completely off the clock. And whereas when I'm traveling, like that, because I've got my business, like I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's, it's there, it's on my mind. Although I've worked on that, I've hired team to support me. And so all of these decisions have been, you know, both individually in our careers, but also together in the in the structure of the relationship. Um, what is what do we value, and what where are we what do we want? What's our biggest desire? And it's like, well, we we know we want to travel more. We we know that, especially if we have a kid, that we want. Like I know I need Joe there supporting me, and I desire that, and so does he. Like how it's going now like his hours like it just wouldn't well it would work because people make it work it's not something either of us desire so we're at the moment looking at okay what's the next chapter and it's scary because you think my god like whoo you know and you have to take things like grown-up things like financials you know finances finances sorry into consideration and make these big shifts but I also know whenever I get scared I'm like how are we going to do that new chapter that's really scary and out of our comfort zone I look at well how did we travel around the world together or how did we, oh my God, we've got through so many challenging things as a couple, but also as individuals, getting a fucking mortgage. Now that was a bloody headache, let me tell you. And I'm like, look, if we can do that, we can do this next step. It's just one little step at a time. What's the next right step? As Oprah always says, the next right step, that's all we need to know. So, okay, final part of the podcast how to become an energetic match for a power couple relationship 
So really, I'm kind of just going to be reminding you here of the things I've already talked about. So remember that you have to be a healthy, whole, successful individual in your own right first. I have seen it before where, you know, people want to be part of a power couple because essentially they are um, not feeling powerful in themselves. So they think if I attach to that person who's really successful, then I'll feel better about where I am. And let me tell you, you fucking won't. You'll feel shit and inadequate. Make your relationship with you, as I've already said, a priority. Put some focus on your career. Where do you want to be? And it might not be career for you. You know, can I just say that, you know, things aren't binary. To be, I don't believe to be a power couple is just about both people being really successful in their relationships. I've got friends where, you know, either the husband or the wife is the main breadwinner and the other person is currently at the moment the main one bringing up the kids on the day to day. And I'd absolutely look at them and go, you're a power couple because you communicate, you compromise, like all of these different things that we've talked about. And if the dad is the main breadwinner at the moment, when he gets home from work, he's very hands-on with his kids, you know, like there is a shared responsibility. So I, I think I should have said this earlier, but yeah, like just to be clear, I do not believe that being in a power couple is all about your career at all or both of you needing to be in this career is actually about how you operate within the parameters of the relationship for me how healthy are you in the relationship when you talk about your dreams and visions like they don't all have to be like let's like make a million a year or whatever the fuck it is there's nothing wrong with that but that doesn't if you don't have like those sort of goals that does not mean that you you can't or aren't in a power couple dynamic it's about who you are both being um, it's about defining what success looks like to you because what success looks like to you and your partner or your potential partner in the future may be very different to what it looks like to me. Again, it comes back to what are your values individually and as a couple. So the key elements of a power couple dynamic, respect for one another and authenticity and integrity inside the dynamic. So again, you first have got to respect, have respect and integrity in your relationship with you and the humans that are already in your life. So what that means is what you say is aligned with how you behave. Your words match your actions. It's also about being transparent about your life and your relationship eventually not being perfect, as I've already said, on Instagram or, you know, at dinner, at a dinner party with friends. This is another thing Joe and I do really fucking well. We have no problem. It's like for anyone who thinks like, you know, that our relationship looks perfect, we will be the first to sit and go, oh my God, you're fucking joking. The other day, like, you know, it's not a big deal to us because we don't feel a need to present our relationship as being perfect. And if I ever have, I'm like, I, I'm like, that's one of the things that I'm most worried about. I'm not worried about people thinking, seeing cracks in our relationship. I'm worried about people looking at our relationship as perfect because I know how damaging that can be. And I also know it's complete fucking bollocks. So this is all crucial to being a leader. And again, I don't think that being a leader necessarily means it's, it's purely about your career, although it often can be. You can like I've got friends who are the most remarkable mothers and I'm like, you're a fucking leader. Look how you lead your family. Look how you lead your children. Look how you show up in your dynamics with your friends. You have integrity. You have respect. You're kind. You're respectful. You're honest. That is a leader. That is a leader, who you are being in various different areas of your life. Too much of the time we look at people who are seemingly very, very um, proficient, successful in their career, 
and you know their home life or how they are in their friendships or other relationships is not great so for me I'm like that you know a leader it's about being it's, it's holistic it's how am I showing up in all of the areas of my life? Because that's who I truly am. And also, you know what? As great as it is having a thriving career and earning a load of money, it is great. I'm not going to put that down. But when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking about your career. You're going to be thinking about the people you love. And, you know, that's one of the, I think it's the, the, the biggest regrets of the dying. There's that brilliant book. Um, that talks about that and so we have to remember like when it all comes down to it what is the most important thing to you and start showing up in your life like that because I've known in myself where I'm like I say that love is the most important thing but then I've seen how easily I can get prioritized work because of my own work addiction stuff which I have you know really taken ownership of and it's not perfect by any stretch of imagination but I've been working on it and made huge shifts over the last few years particularly so I think that what is the final thing I want to say? I think I just want to say really just acknowledge. Um, I know I, I kind of have been doing that throughout, but the thing I'm most proud of in my relationship with Joe is our willingness to communicate honestly and openly, openly. There's so much safety in our relationship. And, you know, the few times that we, we have gone through particularly hard phases not just the odd fight but like a phase because and we weren't communicating well in that phase because of whatever the context was you know we both felt that strongly and we decided to take action and you know what do we need to do and I've already talked about that for us it's like a lot of big thing is traveling like for us that really works um but it's it's about it's about communicating in a respectful and honest way. If you've got that down or at least are really working on that, you are doing fucking well. And you don't need to be in a relationship to work on your communication. In fact, I'd say work on it a lot before you get in a relationship. And I promise you it'll make such a fucking difference. So finally, you also need to learn what you don't know. That's why, you know, Joe and I, invested so heavily in, in various different healing modalities and experiences in Costa Rica because you know we don't know everything and we needed help we needed to to work through some stuff and we took action and we took responsibility and that's what you need to do before you meet the partner or wherever you're at there's always things there's always action that you can take to just move yourself in the direction you want to be heading so I want to just remind you, if this has been resonating, I've got some action you can take right now. You can hit the link in the show notes to sign up for my brand new free masterclass on the 13th of April called The Five Crucial Strategies That Catapult Female Leaders Into Relationships That Revolutionize Their Growth, Impact and Happiness. I'm going to be sharing so much great stuff in that, that if you have resonated with what I've shared in today's podcast, I promise you, you are not going to want to miss that masterclass. So my love, I hope this has been helpful. The final thing I want to say is power couples. It ain't about the fame and fortune, it turns out, as I thought it was. It is about having a genuine, respectful and mature connection, starting with your connection with you and with your life and the people already in your life. And then in time, a romantic relationship as well. Love you lots. 
and that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope this episode served you and gave some practical insights and strategies around the next steps in transforming your love life from the inside out. Do come and let me know over on Instagram what resonated for you the most and why. I am at Persia Lawson. And if you want more tips and tools on how to become a vibrational match for the powerful, committed relationship that you deserve, check out my book, Love is Coming, as well as my programs and coaching containers over at persialawson.com. This website is also linked in this episode's show notes. And if you got value from this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, share, and or leave a quick review. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other women who want or need the support. And to have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. Until next time, I want you to remember that love is coming for you. But in the meantime, it's your responsibility to stop looking outside of yourself for the partner you want to get and start looking inside of yourself for the partner you want to be.